I'm David Heitler-Clevens. And I'm Rodney Wittenberg. And this is Music for the New Revolution. And it's part two. Yes, of our Woody Guthrie Labor Day weekend special. And uh, we have more wonderful quotes from and uh, musings and thoughts from different artists and performers about uh, Woody Guthrie. Yeah, I think it's really gratifying that so many people, mm-hmm. and a lot of these people are people that we're friendly with mm-hmm. uh, or have interviewed on the show before, uh, but we really got an outpouring of wonderful testimonies about the importance of Woody Guthrie to many, many different people, even across the pond uh, from England, and uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and and in, in, and in this episode, we'll see the uh, just how far... Woody Guthrie reaches with some of the musicians that are on this show. Um, It's just, again, a big, big melting pot of different types of music and different types of artists who all show show their love of Woody's uh, work. Yeah. Yeah, somehow it it worked out that I think in part one we were pretty folky with a lot of the versions, although there was some rock and stuff from Bruce Springsteen and Mm -hmm. some soul from Solomon Burke. But this one's going to be a little bit more... Far ranging, I think, which is nice. We always like to have our mm-hmm. our uh, shows be pretty eclectic stylistically. I think this one will be even more so than part one. Yes. So a lot of the people who contributed uh, quotes are covering a lot of ground. But one thing that I noticed that we didn't really talk that much about is the fact that you know Woody had a very hard life. You know, mm-hmm. he had a lot of loss in his life, including. Uh, you know, children and there were fires. And the, of course, people know about the dust storms, which are just an incredible tragedy, you know, that that wiped out huge parts of, you know, the country. And uh, it's good sometimes for us to remember some of those things when we're going through tough times like we are today, that uh, people have gone through tough times before and they've somehow managed to, you know, persevere through that. And, and and I think Woody's a good example of that. You know, with all that tragedy, he he kept traveling around the country, he kept writing songs. And um, I've always been really uh, impressed, although I'm totally not like this, at how he apparently, you know, wrote a song like every day. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd, he'd, he'd basically do a new song and he'd finish up whatever he'd work, you know, got a rough thing from the day before. So every day he basically was cranking out mm-hmm. one new song. And even though, you know, of course, lots of those songs were not entirely original. He often used tunes that came from elsewhere. Still, some of them were epics, you know, yeah. like telling the whole story of the Grapes of Wrath in a song. I mean, that's unbelievable uh-huh. feat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's it's also a great exercise as a writer. I, want, I hope to be able to try that one. I, I want to do that for a year. What, the writing a song every yeah, day write a song every day um, yeah and uh i guess there's nothing standing in my way except for me but um I, I would love to be able to write it record it and produce it every day and put a song out every day even if it's uh as you say not that maybe not that good <laughs> each song would be like, well but, i mean uh, if you did that every day a certain percentage of them would be good yeah you know exactly and, uh, yeah. and i think that was the thing that he Yep. you know that he did and it is a good model and i yeah. I, I agree with you I'd, I'd like to try it but yeah. i have never done anything yeah. anywhere near that kind of regularity <laughs> when i was younger i think i got close and he was my inspiration for that i i had mm-hmm. a little journal and i just every morning i was so disciplined about writing and um and looking for looking for something to say that was uh hiding up there in the ethers floating Mm -hmm. around trying to grab at it because it's all there we just have to go get it and Mm -hmm. i think that's another thing that he showed us one one of the things i was thinking too about what you're saying that about his hard life um i think that's what connected him so much to to everybody because life was hard back then i mean not that yeah i mean we think life is hard now but boy life was hard you know i think i think pre-world war ii life was pretty hard for everybody or, or, or a good chunk of people like mm-hmm. life was pretty rough and um not that it's not now but, right but um, but there is a different yeah and I, you know it's interesting i think um you know i had read i mentioned the grapes of wrath and mm-hmm. it, it, i so much associate that steinbeck novel with woody yeah. because it has so much overlap uh-huh. with his experiences and and um i i remember reading that when i was a teenager and mm-hmm. then we re 
listened to it with our sons when they were in high school a few years ago. And that book is amazing. I mean, it really stands up. And so if, if there are people out there who really aren't that familiar with some of the stuff that Rodney was just talking about, and they haven't read or haven't read recently The Grapes of Wrath, it's it's just phenomenal, I mm-hmm. think. And, yeah. you know, both in the content, but also in the writing, you yeah. know, it's it, it just got so much originality and poetry and, uh, and it's just really really a powerful yeah. piece i think uh, yeah, I, um, yeah. yeah i think steinbeck is a great companion to to woody i mean mm-hmm. I, I always think of, of mice and men you know mm-hmm. that that's the one that gets me and uh yeah just and thinking about the it, it, whenever i think about that story of uh, woody is the soundtrack <laughs> yeah yeah well it makes sense and uh and like i said he did actually create <laughs> an entire you know tom Jode song that uh, uh-huh. told that whole story in two big parts so. yeah all right well you know we're going to hear a lot of other people talking so once again i think we'll kind of turn it over to them but in the in in between <laughs> the talking you'll hear some great versions of woody's song so the first one you're going to hear is from uh, the great group sweet, sweet honey and the rocks version of uh, deportees and then wall of voodoo pretty boy floyd and uh, i have seen them live <laughs> oh, cool. I think this is a live version, actually. Maybe you saw them do this. Uh, and then Tom Jurovich uh, with the Ludlow Massacre. And then Billy Bragg and Wilco, all you fascists. And that's a good uh, example of one of these things that uh, Nora Guthrie has gotten, these projects where they've taken Woody Guthrie lyrics and various artists have set them to music in mm-hmm. new ways. And the next thing is one of those also, the Klezmatics mm-hmm. uh, Klezmer group doing Gonna Get Through This World. And then the Dropkick Murphys, Gonna Be a Blackout Tonight. A good punk version mm-hmm. of a Woody Guthrie song. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, well, we actually will hear from uh, Sonia Rutstein, she sent me a demo with a, a version of This Land is Your Land. And finally, another minor key version from Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings of that classic, This Land is Your Land. Hi, David and Rodney. It's Peter Alsop out here in Topanga, California. First, I want to thank both of you for all the great stuff you're doing. We so need it. Let's see now. For the past 45 years that I've been married to Ellen Gear. I've had the honor of playing Woody Guthrie in a fundraising show we do for our theater out here, the Wilgear Theatricum Botanicum, which was started by Ellen's parents, the actors Herta Ware and Will Gear. Woody and Will were buddies, so the Gear and Guthrie families got to hang out with each other a bit. Here's a couple of my favorite Woody sayings from the show. People would ask Woody, Would you teach me how to play the guitar? And Woody would say, Hell yes, just get yourself a guitar, plank your ass up against the wall, start fiddling with the strings... And when you got a crowd around you, big enough to take up a collection, you know how to play the guitar. <laughs> and I like this one, too. Evidently, Woody quit a perfectly good job working at Radio City in New York because the MC insisted on calling him a hillbilly singer. Woody said, I don't sing any songs that make fun of your color or your race. I hate a song that makes you think you aren't any good. I hate a song that makes you think you're just born to lose, bound to lose, no good to nobody, no good for nothing. Because you're either too old or too young or too fat or too slim or too ugly. I'd starve to death before I'd sing any such song as that. Your radio waves and your jukeboxes and your movies and your songbooks are already loaded down and running over with such no good songs as that anyhow. I'm out to prove to you that this is your world. And that if it has hit you pretty hard and knocked you for a dozen loops, that you can get up singing. Now that's religion. Okay, keep on out there. We need you. And all of your listeners, too. Bye for now. I was delighted to be asked to talk about Woody Guthrie and what his music and work has meant to me in my life. Uh, I could spend a half an hour on that, and we don't want to do that here. So I thought I would focus uh, on one song in particular. And of course, while I grew up singing This Land is Your Land and Roll On, Columbia, Roll On, and many other songs from Woody's catalog, I think one of the most consequential labor songs of the American folk canon is Woody Guthrie's Deportee. And it's a song that started its life out as a poem, The Plain Wreck at Los Garros Canyon. And then Woody took it from there and he tried different music to it, sometimes as a talking blues, sometimes as a more melodic ballad. But it was not until 1959 that a man named Marty Hoffman 
who was living in Fort Collins, Colorado, working as a grad student and involved with the farm labor community, picked up Woody's words and turned them into the song that we know as Deportee or Deportees, as listed on some album jackets. It's a song that elicits compassion, I think, from people of any age. And I was only eight years old when I first heard the song. My sister Jean got me a record, a double-disc album of Arlo Guthrie and Pete Seeger live at Carnegie Hall. And it was a record that changed the course of my life. I can honestly say that I probably would not have gone into folk music or have the career that I have were it not for that recording and the songs on it. It's a recording that took me all over the world. There were songs on that record representing cultures all over the planet. And it helped me understand that the sea of humanity was an extraordinary thing and that music was a vessel that I could sail onto that sea and explore and experience the world. And so I'm incredibly grateful to Woody Guthrie for writing The Plane Wreck at Los Gatos Canyon, to Marty Hoffman for writing the beautiful music that we have come to know as deportees. And a huge thanks to all of the labor singers and songwriters and troubadours over the years who have kept this tradition alive in the American folk music world. Happy Labor Day. The crops are rolling and the peaches are rotting. The oranges are packed in their dumps. They're taking us back Mexican border They all the money to way back again Goodbye to my one Goodbye Rosalita Adios Mi amigos Jesus and Maria Won't have a lay when you ride the big airplane, only we'll call you will be deportees. My father, old father, he waited that river, spent all the My sisters and brothers come work in the fruit trees. Rode on the trucks till they took down and died. Goodbye to my one, goodbye Rosalita. Adios, mi amigos, Jesus and Marie. Oh, all of these people 
My name is Paul Kaplan, and David, my Woody Guthrie story concerns the Odyssey program in Philadelphia. It's actually when I had the pleasure of meeting you. I went there for a week and sang in different venues, different schools mostly, and I sang at your school out on the main line, and that was, of course, a piece of cake, but one of the other uh, institutions was a juvenile detention facility for uh, teenage boys, and uh, I had a certain amount of trepidation going in there. I decided to do a program of uh, outlaw songs. Songs like Banks of the Ohio, Tom Dooley, Mac the Knife. But the one song that uh, I think they liked the best and resonated the most with them uh, was Woody Guthrie's uh, The Philadelphia Lawyer. And uh, they especially liked the last verse. Tonight back in old Pennsylvania Amongst those beautiful pines, there's one less Philadelphia liar in old Philadelphia tonight. Yeah. 
My name is Christine Lavin. I'm a folk singer living in New York City. And Woody Guthrie once said, the job of the folk singer is to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. And that little phrase has gotten me out of predicaments now and then when um, I say something on stage that upsets somebody. It happened a couple of years ago. This woman came backstage screaming at me for something she disagreed with that I had sung on stage. And she was just going on and on. And I, I tried to get a word in and she wouldn't stop screaming and yelling. So finally, I just blurted out, you know, Woody Guthrie said the job of the folks are used to comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable. So maybe you're just a little bit too comfortable, Missy. Well, she started chasing me after that, and I, I had to run away from her. She was a nut. But that phrase is one that has always stayed with me, and I thank him for saying it, and I'm sure I'll be using it again. 
Hills early spring strike was on Drove us minds out of doors Out from the houses that the company owned Moved in the tents of that old Ludlow I was worried bad about my children Soldiers guard in the railroad bridge Every once in a while Bullets fly Kicking up gravel under my foot We were so afraid to kill our children Dug us a cave that was seven foot deep Carried a young one
Hello, my name is Tret Fury. I started playing guitar when I was 11 years old. I lived in a very remote place and I discovered Judy Collins and Joan Baez and Bob Dylan. And because there were no songbooks where I was and at that time, I learned how to play by listening to my hi-fi, by picking up the needle and putting it down. I learned how to listen for lyrics. I learned how to finger pick. And through Bob Dylan, I discovered Woody Guthrie. And through Woody Guthrie, I discovered Pete Seeger. And through both of them, I discovered what it meant to be part of a union. I joined the Musicians' Union at 16, and I've been a proud card-carrying union member still. And I am now 69. And I was president of Local 1000 for six years, and all because of Woody and Pete. They are my heroes and will always be. Woody Guthrie wrote on his guitar, This Machine Kills Fascists. And of course, Pete Seeger picked up on that, and on the face of his banjo he wrote, This Machine Surrounds Hate and Forces It to Surrender. So I've got a banjo, and in a spiral, spiraling toward the center, I've written, This Machine Drives Neocon, Homophobic, Warmongering, Corporatist, Anti-Intellectual, Polluting, Imperialist, Crypto-Fascist, Hate-Speak, Faux-Populist, Theocratic, Chicken-Hawk, Privateers from the Room. They say that brevity is the soul of wit, and uh, Woody's definitely got me beat there. My name's Liam Malloy. I'm a musician and researcher from Nottingham in the UK. Two years ago, I was fortunate enough to get a fellowship from the Woody Guthrie Centre to come to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to look in the Woody Guthrie archive. So I spent nearly three weeks looking through Woody's diaries, his notebooks, his letters, his lyric sheets for his songs, his own personal music collection which is written all over and his artwork i was in there specifically to look at the music that he wrote for children i discovered that he wrote over 400 songs for children 
I guess what I found inspiring was just the the level of creativity, the sheer quantity of writing, art, philosophical stuff, the way he'd document his, his life through his creative outpourings. I was specifically interested in a time when he was writing a lot for children. At the time, he had four children in New York. There's some tragic story there because his first New York daughter, Kathy, died. It was also a time when he was developing Huntington's disease. Most commentators suggest that the Huntington's was re- associated with this kind of manic creativity. Another thing I find really inspiring about Woody was the way he documented everyday life, just the domestic routines. You know, as a political statement for me, just the documenting of, of real people's day-to-day lives in the way that Woody did is incredibly powerful, moving the way that especially working-class people are defined from a kind of ideology to giving them agency and having a voice. You know, I just got this overwhelming sense he's incredibly well-read, he's incredibly thoughtful, philosophical, around issues of parenting, education, loads of other things about modernism and art and science and technology. So uh, that's my Woody Guthrie inspiration story in a nutshell. Hey, I'm Bill Harley. When I got a guitar, um, one of the first things I did was learn about 15 or 20 of uh, Woody's songs. Uh, He's been a big influence on all of us. I wouldn't be doing what I was doing if there was no Woody Guthrie. Um, I learned from Woody that uh, a song ought to sing well, that uh, three chords are all you need. So if you start getting too fancy, to remind yourself back, go back to basics. I also learned from him that um, putting people's stories, uh, making the personal, uh, can make it become very political. Um, and I also learned from him to play. Uh, Woody's Guthrie, Woody's lyrics and his work, even when it was the most political, was also still uh, playful, and he went right to the heart of things. And I take that as a songwriter and a reminder. Um, and on our refrigerator, we had this facsimile of a postcard that I look at every day. It's addressed to Woody from People's Artists Incorporated. That must have been his uh, booking agency. I don't know who. And it's February 26, 1947. It's this little card. It says, uh, Notice of Booking, Woody Guthrie, his name written in, has a booking on, written in, Saturday, March 15th at 2.30 p.m., at Local 65 Children's Party. It made me feel good about my work. Address, 13 Astor Place, New York City. No travel directions. Person in charge, Kevin Mullen. And at the bottom it says, fee, $15. So, every time I go out to sing for kids, I'm going out the door, I look at this card. So Woody's with me all the time. Well, I'm gonna get through this world The best I can, if I can And I'm gonna get through this world And I think I can Well, I'm gonna work in this world The best I can, if I can I'm gonna work in this world And I think I can And I think I can yeah. I'm gonna get through this world The best I can if I can I'm gonna work in this world The best I can if I can I'm gonna get through this world The best I can
I'm David Rovix, and I am answering the question, what is Woody Guthrie's influence on my life? When I was a kid, uh, listening to Woody's um, children's songs that were recorded by Pete Seeger, I think that's how I first heard Woody Guthrie's music was, was through uh, Pete Seeger's many recordings of Woody's songs, both his children's songs and some of his grown-up labor songs as well. And then as a teenager, when I started getting into playing guitar and learning other people's songs and eventually into writing songs, uh, learning a lot of Woody's songs were, was, was a big part of that process for me, uh, along with learning songs of other people that, uh, who's, who's, songwriting had a huge impact on me, such as Utah Phillips and Phil Oaks and Buffy St. Marie, Bob Dylan, a lot of other folks and other less well-known folks like Jim Page. So much of why we know Pete Seeger uh, is because he sang Woody's songs or, I mean, that, you know, that's intentional. He was trying to promote Woody's songs because he thought Woody was brilliant. And I think Woody was brilliant too. His uh, skills were so diverse. Uh, I mean, he was b brilliant as a political commentator, but he also had lots of other skills as an artist and musician and a writer. He was a great writer of prose as well. Wrote a wonderful autobiography. I think a big part of the reason why we know who Woody is and, or was was because of the social movements that he came out of. And uh, that promoted his music and promoted music generally because they were aware. Uh, I'm talking uh, particularly about like the Communist Party in the 1930s. They were aware of the power of music and, uh, and culture. And they very much consciously incorporated that into their activities. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> and Woody was very central to that whole process of, of, uh, of trying to use music as a tool for social change.
My name is Elise Witt, and I teach at a special purpose middle school for teenage refugee girls in Decatur, Georgia. A song that has been super meaningful for our community is This Land is Your Land. The students love learning about Woody Guthrie and his migrations. We make sure to sing the verses that aren't always sung, but that feel especially perfect for us. This verse we sing slow and a cappella. One bright sunny morning in the shadow of the steeple by the relief office I saw my people as they stood there hungry I stood there wondering if this land was made for you and me. And then we burst into energetic dancing with the last verse. Nobody living can ever stop me as I go walking that freedom highway. Nobody living can make me turn back cause this land was made for you and me. I love uh, Woody Guthrie's songs his poetry, his life. It's really, uh, it's really become quite a legend. Um, my name is Sonia Rutstein, AKA Sonia Disappear Fear, and I uh, recorded this just now for you in Baltimore, um, where I live, where I'm quarantined. <laughs> and um, no, I think um, what's so awesome about it is that the music, you know, is truthful. So it's completely, uh, it's completely accurate today. You know, we walk, we walk the same earth and we, and we have the same feelings and the same frustrations. It's amazing. And, uh, it's really, really demonstrative of, of the, of the cycles of life and, and human nature and, and all of that. So yeah. Um, Woody Guthrie music helps me, inspires me, helps me navigate uh, through, through the ups and downs and the turnarounds. And, um, uh, yeah, I think I like to play with the songs more than I like to duplicate them. Like to kind of, they just sort of work through me, um, as opposed to, you know, just learning them. Um, of course I can learn them and sing along and hum along on the road, but when I get down with my piano or my guitar, they just sort of take on a new life of their own. So This Land is Your Land, uh, took the Woody Guthrie song, put that into the a minor key, so it's instead of starting on C, it's C, uh, C minor, and um, moves along those three, you know, simple one, four, five blues chords, and then um, goes back to a major G right before the ending. And, uh, and that kind of turns it around and gives it a little bit of hope. Um, and um, yeah, it's also going to be known as um, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I hope you love it. Thanks, David, for giving me a chance to be heard. This land is your land This land is my
Hi there, my name is Reggie Harris, and Woody Guthrie has been a part of my life since my second grade teacher, Miss Charlotte Churn, walked into the room one day and told us that we were going to sing a song by a man who traveled around. She taught us, this land is your land. I had no idea that day that other children in America were learning that song, but for me, it was an introduction to a lot of places I didn't know about. It also introduced me to the Dust Bowl and to a lot of poverty in the world. And years later, as a songwriter, I would write a song about Woody Guthrie and travel around to many of those same places and sing about him. So as a songwriter and a human being, I owe a lot to Woody Guthrie. He is one of my songwriting and activist heroes. My name is Pearly Ray Gates. Woody Guthrie was sure a big influence on my generation's music and my life in general. Woody taught us all to question authority early on. Heck, we might have never looked at the back side of signs that way if it weren't for Woody. That side is made for you and me, still. As for being a rambling folk singer, Woody was my mentor. Well, I, I may never hop a freight chain, but with my guitar, I too have rambled around this country and beyond. Walking, driving, flying, singing, recycling old songs in Woody's footsteps. I learned how the spirit and muse are nourished by roaming. He loved talking with all kinds of people, and his pen was the torch drawing national attention to their problems. His songs inspired me and my peers to do likewise, to focus our writing on social, political, and environmental issues, and to get our audiences thinking and singing about the issues. But not to forget to get goofy and have fun with writing songs for kids. Yeah. Woody sure was a big influence on me. Hi, Sally Rogers here. You may think that our national anthem is the Star-Spangled Banner, but in truth, Woody Guthrie wrote our national anthem, which is, This Land is Your Land. Far more people would choose to sing that in honor of our country than would choose to sing the Star-Spangled Banner. And long live Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie, Presente. This land is your land. me 
Listening to Music for the New Revolution. I'm Rodney Wittenberg. I'm David Heitler Clevens. Music for the New Revolution is produced at Melody Vision Recording Studios in Plymouth Meeting, Pennsylvania. Music for the New Revolution is written and produced by David Heitler Clevens and Rodney Wittenberg. And edited and co-produced by Ben Flax. You can find us at musicforthenewrevolution.com or MFTNR. Like us on Facebook and follow our Spotify playlist. And our podcasts can be found on SoundCloud and iTunes. And you can also be a patron, a supporter of our podcast on Patreon. This is Music, Music for, for the, the New, New Revolution. Revolution. For a pop pill culture Drug companies circling like a vulture Amoraki babies with the G.I. Joe father Ten years from now is anybody